You're tuned in to True School Hip Hop Radio Show. It can't stop and it won't stop. I'm your host, Jonathan Constantine, Hip Hop Exorcist. Tonight, we have legendary graph artist Pierce here with us tonight in the flesh. What's good, Pierce? How you feeling? How you been lately, man? What's up, Jonathan? How you doing, man? Good to, uh, good to talk to you. Good to see you. All of the above. Just hanging out with you, you know? Yeah, yeah, and actually, this interview is actually live, even though it's a phone interview. We're literally kicking it here on the side of the 94 here out in the streets because, you know, graph artists started out in the streets. And we wanted to kind of create an atmosphere, you know, uh, a friend of mine anyway. And uh, we just wanted to chill and, and get that, that gritty atmosphere uh, to do the interviews. So, uh, let me start out first, first, uh, first of all, tell us how you grew up. How did you get exposed to the hip-hop culture? And uh, how did you get involved with graffiti art? All right. Um, yeah, dude, you know, I just... Uh, you know, I grew up watching my brother. My brother, uh, he's about six years older than me. And ever since I can remember, my brother was a well-known bomber out here in San Diego. You know, he, I mean, anytime we'd go out on the streets, you know, everywhere. I'm talking streets, freeways, everywhere. You just saw Hesto hit up everywhere. The freeway signs, he'd cover up the whole signs. He just got up like crazy. And, you know, he, he grew up listening to all hip-hop, like, you know, Wu-Tang, just like mad Wu-Tang. So, like, since the time I was eight years old, as as bad as it sounds, you know, that's what I listened to. But I always admired what he did. You know, he's my big brother. So to me, he was like a hero to me. So I was like, you know, I want to I be like that one day. I want to be out there bombing. I want to get on the freeways. I want to go play like that. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I had some speed bumps in the way because I looked at my brother as a tough guy and all that bomber, whatnot. Um, but he also had friends that were related with gangs, you know. So in my neighborhood where I grew up, there was a lot of gang activity. And I kind of got caught up in the mix with that. So, you know, I did, I did, I did a little bit of that, but not, not so hardcore like most people, but, um, I was in the mix, but I was one of those gangbangers who went out tagging, you know, I did, I didn't ride all cholo and all, you know, you know, just sketchy art. Nah, I went out there and I was doing pieces of the neighborhood, but, um, you know, I had, I had an older, an older homie who kind of got me out of the mix. You know, my dad raised a guy and he heard that I was running around with these dudes and, you know, straight up, he smacked the shit out of me. Excuse my language. Um, he smacked me in front of all the homies and said, that's it. You're done. And then, which is probably one of the best things that's ever happened to me, you know, because half of my friends at that time, they're dead or in prison. And, um, you know, from there, I just took on art. You know, I'd sit there every day just drawing paper after paper, just, just rumbling up the paper, throwing it on the side of my bed, you know, and just practicing practice. And, um, you know, eventually got into bombing. You know, I started hanging out with just straight graffiti artists, you know. Um, and luckily, I, I met some, you know, well-known people out here in San Diego, you know. I had homies from MDR, you know, big, big, big crew out here who got down. And, um, yeah, so I, I had good people to look up to. And they were all good people. You know, they were actual artists. You know, they weren't about tag banging, gang banging, none of that. You know, they were artists. So um, that, that, that's kind of how I got into it, man. And then from there, it was all, it was all over. I, I wasn't one of those people who wanted to go write my name. I wanted to go out straight 50 cans of paint. And I'm spending about six, seven hours on my mural that I'm putting up. You know, and uh, I, I got up quite a bit. I mean, we can go into stories about, you know, things I've done, you know. And um, it's up to you, dude. How do, how do you want to go with it? Well, well uh, that's, a good, that's a good background. I mean, you know, bombing is something, you know, I, I think I think initially it, it attracts kind of more the rougher crowd. You know, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't yeah. attract like the sophisticated heads, you know, that, that grew up in the suburbs and all that stuff like that. And, you know, not trying to knock those people, but... Um, 
you know, I know, I know most graph artists I know are kind of rough around the edges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I like that quality. That's why I love graffiti art because it's like the flower in the in, in the concrete. You know what I'm saying? No, nah, yeah, exactly. Because, you know, I was the same way. Like, I was, I mean, I was running around 13, 14, and I was going out to downtown 3 in the morning, you know, thinking out of my house, going out 3, 4 in the morning, and I'd find the ugliest area. But I'd sit there for about two hours just putting up my name stick with it you know with uh with some kind of character at the end of it you know at, back in those days i was putting up pictures of cans you know just stuff like that but i was actually sitting there taking my time leaving them nice and clean and you know uh, it, it, to me i saw when i would see an area that some people would say you know it's just ugly ghetto you know trashy to me when i put my piece up in there i just gave it character and just made it look beautiful and um uh, that's what i loved about it you know and i i spent 15 years of my life you know is out just piecing, you know, that, that, that's what I, I didn't consider myself a bomber. I considered myself more of a piecer. You know, I wasn't a guy who goes tag on your wall. I didn't go tag on, you know, like, you know, mom and pop stops, you know, stuff like that. No, that wasn't me. I, 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 didn't, I wasn't out to mess up, you know, communities. You know, I'd go out, get up on, I mean, <laughs> no, I'm not going to act like I'm the same because I was getting up on buildings, you know, big businesses. But, you know, where my name was out to be seen. At the beginning, that's what it was all about for me, you know. I was about, hey, I want I want everyone to know who Fears is. And I was getting up everywhere, you know, but in big areas, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't messing up people's homes or whatnot. And I spent a lot of time in pits, you know, Mission Valley pits, out in Osai, you know, I was out there doing a lot of big things. Yeah. But with that also came craziness, you know. I mean, I don't know how many times I got guns pulled on me, you know, and people, hey, what's up, homie, you're in my neighborhood. I'm like, dude, I'm making it look good in here, dude. They're like, hey, ain't no disrespect, you know, but this and that. And a lot of them were cool, you know. And I, I got love from a lot of people, you know, because I was straight up about it. And, you know, I, I ended up working my way out. You know, I I actually got in trouble when I was, uh, was I 16. Me and my boy, they called him Sober. Um, we were like, hey, let's go on a mission. His mom was a tweaker, so she was up all night. She didn't really care about taking us out, you know. So it was like every freeway on ramp. She was just dropping us off, and we'd go for like two miles, just covering, just doing a lot of yes, dude, just nonstop, dude. I have, I remember that time I had a hundred cans and he had a hundred cans, and we just start going, we, yeah, we out of control. Like the day before that, we planned for it. We went to Home Depot, we pulled the gates out, and bam, we just filling up our backpacks with Krylons, just nonstop. <laughs> and um, yeah, so we ended up making it from Chula Vista to Oceanside. And we were out, we, we just got dropped off, and we started walking, and then some guy pulled the gun out on us. He said, oh, freeze, put your hands up, blah, blah, oh, He ended up being an undercover for some other thing going on, but he saw us out there bombing, and uh, he decided to jam us up. They took us to juvie, and, you know, I got out the next day, but uh, my dad was pissed. And um, they ended up making me go to graffiti school. <laughs> it was <laughs> graffiti school, man. That's where it's at. That's where all the cool kids go. Um no, nah, basically for, I think it was six months, every weekend, uh, uh, old school VW van would show up to my house with a group of kids. It was painted with sunflowers on it, you know, looking all 60s. Embarrassing as heck, but um, but uh, they'd come pick us up, and basically they'd we'd roll around where all the heavy graffiti areas were, and they'd make us cover it up. Yeah, so I was kind of, you know, I was kind of, uh, you know, bad guy. But I was having fun with it. I was right there with rollers putting my name up. Trying to get away with you. Yeah. You're, you're just right there, 20 foot tall, just fierce. And they're like, uh, you can't do that. But, I mean, I got away with it a couple of times. But, you know, once I was done with that, my pops, he did probably one of the best things that he could have ever done for me. He came to me and he's like, look, mijo, 
He's all, I didn't raise you to be a criminal. I didn't raise you to get in trouble. He's all, here. He hands me a computer with a big old monitor back in the days. He's all, and there's an AOL thing. I was like, what the heck is this? And um, he's all, if you're going to do art, you're going to do it in a way that you're going to make money. You know, it's something that you can go on and have a career with it. You know, he's all, I didn't raise no ghetto kid to be out playing in the streets. At first, I'm like, I don't even turn this thing on. You know, I didn't even know. I know what I was doing. Yeah, and then inter- the internet, it took me like two months to figure out what, how, that I even had to use a phone line to hook it up. But, um, you know, I stuck to it. And I was like, well, how do I do all with this thing? Ended up opening up Word, uh, MS Word Paint. And I was like, uh, what do I do? So I sat there learning pixel art. But I just sat there all day, you know, doing it, doing it, doing it. And the more advanced internet got, I started learning that people were doing, I saw like photo manipulation type art. So people were taking stock pictures outside, but then changing them up, you know, making them look cool and all that. Wow, that's awesome. And I want to learn how to do it. So I started researching, like, how are people doing this art? And uh, I ended up hearing that everyone's doing Photoshop. I'm like, Photoshop, what the heck's that? And I looked it up, and it was a $1,000 program. I was like, ooh, ooh. How do I get that without paying a thousand dollars? Exactly. So and then uh, I, I I I looking more online. You know, people are like, oh, you can download it here for free, pirated, blah blah. Not that I ever did that, but somehow ended up on my computer. And yeah. from there, I mean, that's where my whole world of design opened up, and yeah. I really got to express it. You know, I've always been kind of an abstract artist. You know, my, my pieces are more abstract 3D, 3D type orientated, but um, I'm pretty, I change it up, you know. I go whatever my, my mood is, you know. So I ended up learning Photoshop, and I got really good at it, learning just right there. I knew I couldn't go to school for it because I wasn't even going to regular junior high or high school, but I told myself I'm going to learn this, and I stuck to it every day. At the time, I was a stoner, so, you know, I just smoked bong load after bong load after bong load, but I'd sit there learning tutorials online whatnot. And, um, I got really good at it. And then, you know, that, that took me to a whole nother realm of art. And, um, I ended up getting a job, my dream job. I ended up becoming a level designer and a 3d modeler at a major gaming studio called rainbow studios. And, um, yeah, that, that's, that's where my life turned around big time. I had, a it's my ex who punched me, you know, she's like, you're so talented. And that was my own worst critic, you know? So I never thought I was good enough, but she's like, dude, you're so talented. She helped me make a resume, and uh, I sent it to the studio I wanted to work at. And mind you, I just dropped out of high school. And uh, I'm like, I didn't finish high school, so how am I going to get in there? But they saw my work, and they ended up getting me up on a phone interview. Quick, long story short, the next day I had a, I had a, a package come in the mail, flight to Arizona. The day after that, showed up out there, and they were like, dude, we love your work. What school did you go to? I'm like, uh, my house, you know, <laughs> yeah, dude. And uh, they were like, well, Are you kidding me? They were like, Well, let's see your stuff. So I started showing it to my brother, just for me with all my work on it. Yeah. And they're just like, And you taught yourself all this? So I was like, Yeah. And I actually had a personal online personal portfolio that um, I was actually making my own tutorials and I had thousands of hits every day. You know, they were just impressed. And next thing you know, they sent me an offer of $105,000 a year. And if I'm ready to go out there, I was like, I'm ready. Next thing I know, I'm in Arizona. And yeah, dude, I went, I did that for a while. And I did really good. So see, uh, success can come out of the ghetto. You know, I think, uh, I think I like your story because it encourages other people that don't have the means to like, by whatever means necessary to come up 
and do something positive for your community. Do something. And that's the thing about hip-hop that's misunderstood currently because I think the industry kind of distorts the, the image of hip-hop and they don't see the beauty of what yeah. it can become. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, with me, I think that, I think that America today has... They don't, they, like, a lot of the kids these days, you know, a lot of them, they don't know what hip-hop is, you know? They're hearing Future and saying, oh, I'm listening to hip-hop, you know? That's not the case. All this trap, trap rap, all this stuff, talking about pimps and hoes and all that. You know, that's not hip-hop. That's not what it's about. Like, when you listen to hip-hop, that's, that's an actual art form itself, you know? These, these, these are people talking with intelligence, you know, and talking about what's really going on in the world. You know, these are guys that are out in the streets actually seeing what's going on, you know? All the, you know, they're, they're playing out in the gutter, you know? But seeing beauty in, in, in what others would look at is trash, you know, because yeah. not like you said, not, not, what'd you say? You said something like, not, 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 not all bad stays from, what'd you say? You said something like that about something, not all, all trash stays in the gutter or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's true because, you know, like a lot of us come from the hood, man. And some of the most brightest people I know are yeah. from the hood and actually have gone and done big things with their lives, you know? And a lot of them, they stay in the hood, you know? Even though they're making eighty, ninety thousand dollars $90,000 a year, you know, they stay in the hood, you know? They, for the love, love of the people. Exactly, for, for exactly. The people. exactly. And that's, 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 what, that's what I love about uh, Fierce is that, you know, he just shows mad love. Like, even before we were rolling up and we were grabbing a drink to do this, uh, and uh, it's not, not an alcoholic beverage, by the way. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's just a, a little a java juice that we got there. So, um, But we were talking about, like, you know, those things where it's, it's misunderstood. The misconception is that, you know, you come from the gutter, you come from the ghetto, you don't have the opportunities most people like maybe a Donald Trump would have. Um, you know, you've got to make what you can out of anything, but it takes hard work and dedication. Um, but, you know, I want to switch up the subject a little bit, and I know you represent the element of graffiti, but as far as other elements of hip-hop, who are some of your favorite MCs and, and who's current who's doing it currently and who did you grow up listening to? Ooh, I mean the list goes on because like I listen to every kind of music, but you know hip hop is kind of something I stick to. I mean I was always a big Wu Tang fan, like you know Bobby Digital, the Jizza, all that. You know they killed it, Method Man. I mean that guy's still on fire. But um, I think I think you know like nowadays who I would say is killing it. I couldn't really tell you completely because I listen to mostly old school stuff. You know. I, I'm like, I'm a Wu-Tang guy all day. But um, evidence, you know, I, I give that dude props, man. He kills it. And um, who, can I, who else can I tell you, dude? I don't know. I'm kind of old school. I'm a new school, old school guy, you know? Don't worry, man. I'm the same way. But, you, know, you, know, you, know, you know, I listen to that. But and then, you know, I might be in a mood where one day I want to listen to Morrissey. You know, I might get soft on you guys. <laughs> you know, I'm just kind of into everything, you know? Um, but, uh... How about the guys you used to listen to back then? How about the Roots? You like the Roots? Yeah, the Roots are cool. The Roots are cool. But I mean, it, it, like back in back when I was a kid, younger, you know, like I said, a lot of Wu Tang. But and then I was I was kind of ghetto those kids, you know. Like I listened to Brother Lynch. I listen. Yeah, you know, I listened to uh, uh, Ghetto Boys. Oh, Ghetto Boys. That was that was my business right there. Um, Spice One, Spice One, Scarface, Too Short. You know, a lot of that. You know, I still listen to a lot of that too. You know, don't get me wrong. Um. But but like I said, you know, like all this new stuff, I I might listen to a couple of the newer songs, but it's more for the bass, you know, the beat. I give the engineers more props than the actual artists, you know, um, because I I can't stand what most of these artists are talking about, you know, like it's just all it's all whiny rap to me, you know, and stuff that makes no sense, you know, it, it's not it's not I can't relate to it more than anything, so I I don't want to hear it, 
How about DJs? What are some of the DJs growing up, like maybe Cuber or or DJ Shadow or, you know, some of those guys, maybe DJ Hurricane from the Beastie Boys? Yeah, DJ Hurricane. That was on fire. He killed it, dude. He killed it. Um, I was I was a big fan of the, a group of DJs called Scratch Pervert. I don't know oh, if you're heard right, right, dude. Right. These guys are out of control, dude. Like these dudes that do shows. I actually seen them live down here in downtown one time. Uh, I mean, what these guys do, they'll be. I think it was like four or five dudes that were in the group, and they were just jumping around, just straight scratching nonstop, but just killing it. Um, as for DJs, I got. I think I think from my drug days, you know, kind of got me all blurred up. <laughs> so. Yeah, you know, I got, I got mad love for him. Like, I, I, to this day, I get on YouTube and I watch dudes just scratching by themselves in their garage, you know. And, you know, I think a lot of the, a lot of guys that are what I would say the best are people that you're never going to hear about, you know. They're just dudes who just do it for the love of, you know, DJing. And, um, right, right, right. How about breaking crews? You know, you know, are you familiar with oh, breaking, breaking crews? You know, I I, I never. No, I look, look, I love it. But uh, I was always kind of a big boy, and I wanted to be a break dancer so bad, but uh, gravity and me just didn't work. You know what I mean? <laughs> but uh, no, no, I, I've been I've been a dope, dope, dope uh, b boy shows where guys just killing it, and I, I respect what they do 100. percent I I do consider that art, you know, because. For a human body to be able to move like that and do the things they do is just outrageous, you know? And, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, let's, let's talk about something else. Uh, tell us about how you view the evolution of graph art with stencilists like Banksy and Shepard Ferry, and, and where do you see the art? Uh, oh, when you when you go into that type of art, like, I, I mean, it's it's outrageous. Like, Banksy, I'm, I'm a big fan of Banksy. Like, I mean, I remember for, like, two years I was on this whole trip that I'm going to meet this guy. No one knows who he is. No one knows nothing about him. But I'm going to find out who he is. And, uh, you know, a couple times in L.A., I heard people talking about, oh, yeah, yeah, I know who Banksy is. He's actually down here in L.A. right now. Blah, blah. I'm like, dude, I'll pay money, whatever, just, just to shake his hand, you know? No, because his art is 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 on a whole different level. Like, the thing, it's very revolutionary, you know? I mean, there's he one of his one of his pieces that he did. He had a little girl hanging from a balloon, like a hundred feet in there in London or something like that. And um, you know, just the stuff that he does, like his stencil work is out of control. I would always like come out of doors behind buildings and be like, man, dude, that'd be sick to like just look over and there's a cop painted on the wall holding the bat, like he's gonna hit the person walking out. Like you know, his his work's outrageous. Like I love that. And to be honest with you, I went through a stage where I was like. I'm gonna be a, I'm gonna be a biter and I'm gonna become a stencil artist like him. But just trying to figure out how he does the stencils, it's not as simple as just oh I'm gonna make a quick stencil. No, this guy, is, 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 he has a whole different challenge that not many people can figure out. Like it's not easy. A lot of people, a lot of people, you know, they rag on 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 stencil artists because they're like oh, all they're doing is cutting pictures out and then spray painting them. No, it's not like that, dude. Especially Banksy on his level, out of control, dude. I got nothing but love for that guy. And the, the way art is going in that aspect, I love it. To be honest with you, I mean, I would love to see that everywhere you go. You know, I'd love to walk around the corner and a mannequin just standing there to scare the crap out of me, you know? That'd be cool. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, brings me to another, that brings me to another subject. Like, what do you think about public space and, like, you know, I watched a, uh, a documentary called Bomb It. I don't know if you've seen that, that documentary with the graffiti art. But they were talking about how, how worldwide 
uh, graffiti art evolved uh, depending on the on the environment and the atmosphere. And uh, they're talking about how in America there's so much advertising and, and all this public space is taken up with advertising, but nobody asks that that should be there. And it's all it's all for monetary gain. But yet they rag on people that do you know like burners, yeah, top to bottom to beautify the community, uh, commissioned and uncommissioned. But we we kind of catch the flag because it's like oh well, that's yeah. not professional, you know. It's like it's like what do you think about public space and, and the debate about public space? And, you know that that's a that's actually a good question. Um, like right here, we're right next to the freeway, and you just see it all over the place. Like I'm looking at five different advertising things. I mean, some of them are even lit up to go sell a car. But hey, that right there can bring your attention, make you crash, you know, have rollover and kill your whole family, you know? <laughs> you know, and, and that's something that they, 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 they're pushing, you know, to go buy a car. Right after that, there's, like, dollar signs flying off of a, off a, off a what do you call it, off one of the billboards to tell you to go to the casino, like, and waste money, you know, stuff that's taking people out, you know, stuff that's making people lose all their money and want to commit suicide, you know, terrible shit. Um, but to me... There's nothing you can do about that type of stuff. You know, it's always going to be out there. That's just the way America is. Me personally, how people would say, oh, graffiti, the, you know, on the walls, all that, it's unprofessional. I think that's a bunch of bull, you know, because if anything, some of these artists, I don't know how many of those people actually picked up a can and tried to make some of the lines that a lot of these guys are doing, stuff like that. You know, it's pure professional. You know, these guys are out of control. And I think that with the way America is today, you know, Everyone wants to be young again. Everyone's into that. I think if they wanted to advertise, they'd be better off, you know, getting graffiti artists out there because a lot of graffiti artists, they're not just about being rough and rugged out in the street. Nah, these are actual artists. You know, these are guys who can do amazing work. And it all goes off of their canvas. You know, they can look at something and be like, oh, I came up with this idea. Um, yeah, so uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of lost on that, dog. But, um... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm brave part of So what about graph artists that do commission arts for advertising? You were talking about what you did for commercial reasons. Do you think that it watered down the essence of the art or promotes it? I think, I mean, in a way, I mean, it goes both ways, you know, because in a way it promotes it because you get these guys with a graffiti background, no matter what kind of industry they're in, they're going to add that urban aspect to it. You know, it's going to have that kind of like that, that, that grungy, you know, trendy type look of graffiti. You know, they're going to have that incorporated with the type of art they're asking for. Like, I remember back um, when when uh, when Apple got real big, there was a lot of trendy type of art, but a lot of it had that urban aspect to it of, like, there was graffiti in the mix, you know? It's just stuff all in it, which I think makes it amazing. Like, that's what makes cool commercials. That's what makes people want to go buy those things. Um, in some ways, I will say it's watered down because you get these people who didn't grow up that lifestyle. They didn't grow up in the streets. They didn't grow up bombing, but someone said that they wanted a graffiti type um, commercial or, or some kind of, you know, uh, um, mag magazine cover or whatever. So they, they're putting like whack, you know, he say, she say type, type graffiti. And, and I, I don't like that. I like, I like it to be more, you can tell when a real graffiti artist is out there putting their stuff and when just a, a square, a square bears out there trying to do graffiti, it's not the same. And I don't, I don't, I don't like that, but I mean, me personally, I'm, I'm a real artist. So like, I mean, you can sit there with a bucket of paint, throw it at a wall and rub your hands all over it. And to me, if that's how you express yourself at that time and that's what it is, I respect that, you know?
There's no limits to, to, to what you can do, abstract or, or I mean, it's a discipline. And that's what people don't realize about graffiti art that are outside the culture. It's a discipline. Like what, like what Pierce was saying earlier, he was doing it, you know, straight for like 15 years, just like paper after paper after bombing after going. And I mean, and it's just, it's just a discipline. It's almost like what you would like in like a, like, like a, like a shower. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, 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 like really like discipline in your mind. It's your life, dude. Like that's how it was for me. No, it was my life. That's, that's all I did. I'd sit there and just nonstop practice, practice, practice. I remember at one point, I had it where my voice was kind of sounding how it sounds right now. <clears throat> I'm getting over being sick, but uh, kind of sounds how it is like that. And it was like that for a month, and I started getting worried. So I went to the doctors, and I was asking him, like, you checking me out? He's all, you look good. Everything's fine. So I'm all, um, why paint a lot? And, you know, I'm around a lot of aerosol. I was all, can that be, you know, what's causing this? Excuse me. And he's all, no, I don't think that you can, you can spray paint enough. Because he automatically knew that I was talking about tagging. And uh, he's like, no, you, you, can't, you can't sit there in front of enough aerosol paint to do it. He's like, you're probably around two or three cans a week. And no, I don't think you can do it enough. And I was like, uh, I don't think you understand what, how much paint I go through <laughs> and how much of that stuff I'm breathing in. He's all, uh, he's all, even with a respirator, you got five cans. I'm talking, he's all, how much would you say you paint? I'm like, oh, well, I'd go through like 60, 70 to 100 cans in the night standing right in front of a wall where I'm basically in a hot box of all this paint. And he's like, no, you can't go through that much. I'm like, uh, yeah, it kind of, kind of did. And at the same time, I'm smoking weed and drinking, you know, just speaking of that, well, speaking of that, like, you know, speaking of that smoking weed and drinking, uh, now before we went on the air, we were discussing how important your sobriety is and how that plays a role in the life of fierce. Um, expound on that a bit. Yeah, man. You know, it's, uh, I'm blessed to even just be here right now, you know, to have this interview with you, dude. Um, and I think a lot of it too, you know, you've, you've been a big help in my, in my little trail, my little road of recovery, you know, you've all, you've been there for a lot and I appreciate that. Um, but, um, thanks, man. you know, yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of had, I kind of had the world in my hands, you know, when I was a video game designer, I was making so much money. I was doing great. I just had my first daughter. Uh, Marley, that's her name, Marley Nevea. Um, she uh, was the most beautiful little baby ever born, and I had everything going good for us. And then, <clears throat> you know, I took on I took on Coke, and it just led me into a big downhill where I got locked up in Phoenix and um, ended up going to Ten City, which was terrible, and came back home, you know, to get away from it. But I kind of just fell right back into that whole, you know, I was I was I was an addict, you know. I was, I was just all out. I like going fast, and um, you know, and, and it led me to the darkest places of Mexico. It's taken me to the worst stuff you could ever imagine, you know. And um, it took me a lot of messing up. It took me a lot of messing up, you know, to finally get where I'm at today. You know, a place I never thought I would be. You know that? No weed right here right now. <laughs> all bad. Um, yeah. So. You know, I kind of, kind of been in and out of jail. You know, getting in trouble on, on some serious crimes. You know, and um, I kind of lost myself. And you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that I kind of had to get to my rock bottom to get to where I'm at right now. Because this last time being locked up, I really broke myself down at, at what was going on, what I really wanted in life, what really meant, you know, the world to me, and what, what I was choosing. And uh, I decided, you know what, it's time to fix all this. And uh, 
really try to get a hold on what's going on. And and I was locked up at the time I'm, I got picked up by the feds on pretty serious charges, you know, that I was looking at 15 to 25 years to life. I'm still not out of the clear yet. You know, I go in for sentencing next month. But um, I was I was blessed to get into this program over here in San Diego called Heartland House. And, and life-changing, straight up life-changing. I went in there with just an open mind that I'm going to take in what I want to believe and we'll go from there. And right away, I, was, I met you. You know, and right away, we hit it off. You know, hip-hop, graffiti, you were all with it. I was like, well, you just start spinning flows for me that were out of control and raw. You know, just raw and rough, but you weren't, you weren't cussing at all. You weren't, you weren't throwing out a bad message. You were, I mean, you were throwing mainly about God. Like, and it, and it tripped me out that I knew, because back when I used to think of Christian rappers, I thought they were square bear dudes trying to be hood, you know? Point. Yeah, Point. yeah. And, uh, dude, like, right away, you just killed it. And I was like, I think I just got goosebumps, you know, right away. And then um, I remember a situation happened where, you know, I'm, I was still kind of confused as, dude, do I want to be here? I can't stand this, you know, program after program after program. And I could just walk out right now and go on the run. And, um... I remember my girl was actually telling me something. She's all, babe, just hang in there. You're doing so good. I'm praying for you. And I think it was like two minutes later, you had just rolled up and got out of the car and walked straight to me. And I think I only met you like once or twice before this. And you came up to me and you told me like, hey, bro, you all right? You know, I just want to let you know God told me to come see, come talk to you. And that's why I came straight to you right now. And I was like, you know, you told me like, you know, I, I just want to make sure you're all right, dude. And that, it, I don't know something about that. I remember I got these goosebumps to my body and, and like a weird tingle. And I was tripping out. I was like, first I was like, is my girl talking to this fool? <laughs> no, but but I knew it was, it was real. Something something had happened there. And I remember, dude, you, you sat there and, you know, you, you listened to what was going on with me. And you helped me out a lot that day. I remember I walked away and I was just like, dang, dude, I'm... I'm blessed to be here where I'm at. Was that the night when you asked God into your heart when I asked that we prayed? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, a, it was like 30 minutes after that. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, I, I, you and, know, and, you I've know, known Robert for a while now. Robert for a while now and, and he, know him and he has a busy life, man. And he, has, he has a kid. You know, he's got things going on. He's got a lot on his plate. But you know what? He's allowed God to, to get him through it, you know. And as, as, as imperfectly as that's executed, um, you know, I, I give him props because, you know, he really is trying to find a way in, in life. I give him a Bible, you know, um, he said he wasn't really familiar with the Bible like he didn't really know what it's about. And I told him, you know, anytime you need understanding about that, you can call me. And, and, and that's why, that's what I'm about. What you got to know is that I, I think relationships are the most important thing in this world. Absolutely. Um, ultimately, when we die from this world and we go stand before God, what relationships, what relationships did we have? How do we impact um, people? How do we impact people? More importantly, and more importantly how do we use our relationship with God to change other people's relationships and our own relationships exactly. with each other? That's on a whole you know, other that's deeper on a whole level. Other deeper level. Um, we can get into that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to ask you, what venues or platforms have you used in the past to promote your art? And what are your proudest moments as a graph artist? Ooh, well, <laughs> my favorite platforms were... You know, you know, more like drainage ditches, you know, <clears throat> the big, big, big pits that, you know, run water into the ocean. You know, there's a couple of big spots out here in San Diego, and I pretty much will wreck each one of them. You know, like I'd, I'd be out there for a weekend doing my name just straight 
15 foot tall, about 100 foot long, you know. Like, I try to get up big. And um, I, I went out to L.A. to a couple of the big areas. And, uh, yeah, it didn't go so good when I would go out there because a lot, a lot of the tigers out there, you know, they, they're all bangers. And uh, a lot of gang bangers hang on those spots. So, you know, when you come from San Diego, they kind of hate a lot. But <clears throat> I also met a lot of really good artists out there. Um, When it comes to my highlights, I would say in my in my graph days, you know, I, I had a lot of them, you know, like people just giving me props, known artists. Like I had, uh, I had um, Revoke give me props, you know, and I thought that was cool as heck. You know, the guy's a well-known artist and he's huge. And um, I came out in uh, Phantom Magazine about five different times. And I didn't even know, like I had homies tell me, dude, your piece is up there, you know. And that, that was cool, you know, seeing my work in a magazine. I was just like, whoa, that's huge. And, um, you know, I had, a, I had a buddy that he was actually really good friends with uh, Bobby. He was one of the guys who started Tribal here. And um, I got to go, I was, went to go meet him when I was 15. And he's like, yeah, you can piece. He's like, throw me something up real quick. He had me a pen and a paper. And I just sat there and made a dope little piece for him. Probably took me like 45 minutes. And then um, I ended up meeting him again. And homie had a box full of shirts with that piece on him. Ah. And he saw him to me. I thought that was really cool. I thought that was really cool. Um, uh, but when it comes to when it comes to art in general, my, my, my best moment was when I got my dream job as a graphic designer or a level designer in a 3D modeler for the gaming studio. And I worked on major titles. You know, I was a lead, lead level designer and environment artist for, uh, it's the game that came out for Xbox 360 called Mater's Return. The cars, you know, cars, okay, yeah, yeah. Movie cars, they flew me out to L.A. To, into Pixar. Got to see all concept art with them. And I was the lead environment artist for that. And, you know, it was, it was a big deal for me. And the fact that my daughter got to, you know, be a part of it was really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, your daughter's a big part of your life. How does being a father change your perception on how you do your art? And is graph art something you want to pass on to your children as a legacy? Oh, definitely. Well, I have two, I have two daughters. I have my 9-year-old, and then I have a 10-month-old, Arya. She's my little princess. She looks like a little, little beautiful doll. She's a, Angel, angel. Um, when it comes to art, my nine-year-old Marley, her, she's she's just like me, but in a girl, and a lot more beautiful. Um, but she she sits there and draws all day long. <coughs> she's on her computer, tablet. It's nonstop. I got to set up a Photoshop. I'm teaching her that as much as she wants to learn. I don't push it on her. None of that. I'm letting her do what she wants to do. And um, but she loves it, and, and she's actually really good already. And she keeps talking about she wants to be an animator. So with that, you know, it's a lot of art. But I tell her, you know, if that's what you want to do, I'm going to back you up with whatever you want to do. Um, but, yeah, she's artsy. She's very artsy. And I'm no doubt in my mind she's going to be doing something big in the art world, definitely. Yeah, man, and, I, and I have her back with it. And if she wants to go paint on walls, I'll go with it. <laughs> you just visited some walls. Um, recently, right, just to take your daughter down there to go yeah. out the walls. What was that at? Yeah, we were out at uh, Otai Reservoir. It's dope. There's like four different channels that are stacked up on top of each other, and there's just mad pieces all over it. Um, back in the days, it used to be really sick. Like back in the days, I'm talking world like Norm, AWR, MSK Sabers gotten up in there, like big, big names. And um, nowadays, you know, a lot of kids go out there drunk, just write them and make it look stupid. But I mean, it's still cool, you know, because it's, it's actual graffiti just all over the place right there, and it's really big. It's dope. And the water at the bottom of it, trip out on this. We went and saw that. Remember, I took a picture and posted on Facebook. Um, two days later, 
my girl, she sends me a picture or a, a post on Facebook talking about two dead bodies found in the water right there. Yeah. Out of control, dude. And I was like, we were just standing right there and there's dead people down there. It's crazy. You know, so, you know, a lot of these places that people go to get up at, you know, they're, they're, they are dangerous, you know. I mean, that's a whole different respect you got to have for these dudes. You know, they're going out there into the craziest areas, you know, where who knows, who knows what's going on. Yeah. Who knows how those bodies ended up down there, but... Most definitely. Definitely. So, uh, who are the top guys that are dominating and which groups in the past are long guys that you've admired? a big name. Anybody that knows the graffiti world and you get a you got to be a good guy. Honestly, like MSK, AWR, those are big, big crews out in L.A. that they, they kind of revolutionized the way graffiti was. You got Revoke was a part of one of them, SKA. Um, there's a lot of artists down here. Um, Flock, he's actually a tattoo artist. He did this tap behind my ear right here, but uh, he's, he's a part of the Scripps Killers. Amazing artist right there. Um, oh, out of control. And then, um, you know, AWR, MSK, SKA, all those groups are basically one. They, they, they got this thing called the seventh letter, something like that. But they do clothing, but they do right, huge right, events. Yeah, they do huge events. But that's all those guys in one, basically. Um, Norm, Revoke, uh, Saber. Saber's always been one of my favorite artists. The guy's a dick, though, in person. He's just, <laughs> but, um, but no, his art is out of control, you know. And to be completely honest with you, those guys are still killing it in the game. And they're still the ones on top. So it's kind of hard to, you know, say that, like, there's so many little, you know, little crews and this and that. But I mean, you can go all the way to Germany. You can go all these crews. All the all these crews go go out that far. Like you got uh, Dime. It's spelled D A I M. He's like world class 3D artist. I don't know if you have ever seen his work, but out of control, out of control. Um, I mean, the way I look at it is, those are the main guys in the in, in the whole mix of it. But you got artists that are just no ones. They're just there's there's, there's their own artists, they, their solo tip, they just love art, and they just go out and get up, and they're, I mean, I, I can name out a million names, but there's just so many artists out there that no one will ever see, and they're just amazing artists, and they just don't know how to get themselves out there. Yeah, that's why I do this show. That's why I do this show. That's why I do that you mentioned it. That's why I do this show. This is the labor of love. Hopefully it turns into something bigger, you know, where I can maybe make a spin-off. That's the dream, but right now I do this labor because I'm hard. I've done hip-hop for about 25 years. Yeah, dude, you're an amazing artist, dude. I mean, just from the little freestyles that you do right there at the Harlan House or out of control, give me all giddy goosebumps listening to them. But as we were driving down here with you, your disc you had, Dope, dope work, dude. You're out of control, man. You need to get yourself out there a lot more. Thanks, thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, but, um, but, um, but, um, you know, I just want people out you know, there to realize, I just want people that, out there the, to realize that the reason we're doing the show is the preservation of the preservation of the culture. I'm not talking about I'm not talking about monetarily. Uh, I don't care how much money the I don't care how much money the artists make. I just want to know what they're doing to further the culture in their own way. Like you said, the no name guys. Those some of the thickest guys. I've been to concerts, you know, small concerts where maybe twenty, thirty people and seeing like the thickest I mean ripping it. Maybe they don't have the connects that most people have. But man, they're killing it, man. And you know, 
They do it for the love. And those are the artists that I And those are the artists that I like to focus on and put out there are the ones that love. No, and that's what it's all about, you know, because... The way the way it works for me, like graffiti, everyone always tell me, you know, you need to you need to work on your art on the computers and do it like this and do it like that, become a web designer, all that. Now that's not what I wanted to do, you know. I love the art part of it, you know, doing my own thing for me. I'm not about it. I wasn't about it for making money. I was I was blessed that I was able to get my job in the gaming industry, but it kind of fell in my hands, you know. I didn't go chase it, you know. I, I what a lot of people say, I wasted a lot of time painting on walls. You know, because the older I got and the better I got, I didn't go jack my cans or nothing like that. I was online ordering $500 worth of paint from Montana Spray, you know, and just to have that good paint. And um, I didn't care. That, that, that's what I got excited to spend my work money on, you know, paint, new tips, stuff like that. <clears throat> and, um, you know, that's what it's all about. You know, if you love something, it shouldn't be about making money or, you know, I want to become rich off this. Nah, because at that point, it's a job, and you're not doing. You're not. It's not coming from your heart. So when it when it when you actually love something and it's coming from your heart, and you stick to it and you keep going. If I could make it out of the hood and you know do good, become a video game artist, and uh, you know to the point I've got right now, I don't do art no more for a profession, but I still do art for you know myself. And um, you know I'm a hard worker. I'm a foreman for a big concrete company, but you know and and I bust my you know ass for it. But the art. It's always going to be here. You know, I love it. I do it for myself. And like like how I say with myself, you know, if you love something and you stick to it, you're going to, I mean, something's going to come to you. And if not, you're doing what you love. I mean, like nowadays, through all the stuff I've been through, you know, I've been through a lot. You know, I, I was in, in a big game of the drug world and criminal world and playing with guns and all that. And, you know, it all ended. But now that I'm, I've gone through recovery, I'm going through recovery, I'm living a life of recovery. And I'm done with all that, and I'm putting myself first and my family, you know. To me, I could be homeless, but I'll still enjoy my life. I love my life because I'm blessed, you know. I get to, like, I'm sitting here with you right now. We're breathing air. I get to move my hands, you know. I got my phone. I mean, I'm blessed, you know. I don't need all that stuff no more. Like, a lot of people think because the TV shows being a millionaire and balling, that's the only way to be happy. Nah, it's not. You know, it's sticking to what you love. That's what it's all about, man. You know, straight up, man. And I agree straight up, man. And I agree with you, man. I think, you know, being content. I'm not where I want to be. You know, I'm not where I want to be. You know, doing my album, I experienced some setbacks, you know, and, and I was going to roll with the punches and it'll happen in God's time, you know, and that's what I really believe. Doing the show, like I said, the labor of love, hopefully God will bless me and turn to something. But, you know, the minute it gets my focus off God, that's when I stop saying, you know, true school hip hop. But, but, you know, I, I do this as a labor of love, like I said, I feature, this is a control um, venue where I feature, you know, Christian artists and non Christian artists. All you talk about. about and that's what it's about the passion man 
you know, I think a lot of times what kills it for me in, in, in the scene, like you're talking about, yeah, 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 you know, and, and guys like Jay Z and like Beyonce and, and you know these people that are supposedly on the top of the game. They're not people I want to hang out with. Absolutely not. Absolutely you know what I'm saying? Not. They're not people that I'd be like, oh yeah, that I'd be like, oh yeah, let's yeah. have a hamburger and then afterwards go play some yeah, video games. Yeah, no, absolutely not. That's why I think, like you said, some guys they get rich and they stay in the hood. It's because Yo, they exactly. love people. They stay humble. You know, they stay they humble and they know where they're coming from. You know what I mean? Then that's how it is. You know, like you go kick it with Jay Z, he's gonna look at your outfit and say, "Oh." Away from me. <laughs> That's how it is, though, man. You know, what can you do, though? Just keep being yourself, you know, and live, live the way you love. You love to live, you know. Yeah, keep it, keep it, keep your priorities man. right and what you're about, what you know is right. Yeah, you know. Ultimately, it's all about. And ultimately, it's about God, man. I think ultimately, for me, anyway, it's, it's about you know the ultimate reality of. Is my relationship with God and others right? Because, you know, it's hard to love enemies. In fact, I was feeling last night as I was in prayer and talking to God. I'm like, man, I really don't love my enemies that good, man. And I, I, I have a hard time. I'm very selective about the people that I love. You know, it's, it's hard, man. This world is getting ugly, man. And people don't understand how ugly this world can get. And I'm exposed on it on a daily. I mean, I went to work today and there was this woman just acting messed up. You know, like just like panicking and like expecting me to like jump at her like very whim. You know, it's like it's like it's like how do you love that person? You know, but I think art is a good way to show people love. You're putting your blood, sweat, and tears in something that people will appreciate, and it's not for the props and respect. I mean, although that coming with that is good, but it's sharing. Yeah, yeah, definitely with someone else. It's expressing yourself, you know, like without having to express yourself. <laughs> you know, that, that's how I looked at it. Because, like I said, like when I used to get up, I'm talking about you could see my mood and what I'm doing. You know, I'd have a piece up there, it'd just be dark, dark blues, a lot of black, but white highlights. But then with like a picture of some demonic thing coming off the end of it. And then at the end, I have, like, F this world. You know, that's just how I was feeling at that time, you know, when I was younger. You know, I was going through I was, whatever I was going through. You know, you might see some where, like, I mean, I had some that looked like a beautiful, colorful piece. And then there was a chick. There was, like, a porno scene in the background because I was happy because being a, you know, female had a good night. And, uh, you know, I put it up on the wall. You know, I was, I was very, very, I, I, I let myself out a lot in my work. And uh, that's what I loved about it, you know, because I didn't like talking to people about, uh, you know, I was just about, what's up, I'm me. What up? That's it. I, I didn't sit there and explain to people, oh, I'm feeling moody today, you know, but nah, it was never like that. That's surprising to me. That's surprising to me because the times that we talk, you're very expressive Yeah, now. you know, I, I, I've grown yeah. up a lot, you know, I've been, I've been through a lot, you know, I've been, I've been to prison a few times, I've been in a lot, I've been in crazy situations, you know, without getting too far into it, you know. <laughs> you know, this last time I had 45-man crew, you know, feds coming to get me. I had SWAT, raid the house first, U.S. Marshals, Homeland Security, Secret Service. I had the whole shebang out there for me, and they, you know, they got me. And uh, I was facing some serious crimes, and they had a lot of dirt on me that I didn't know they had on me. And, um, you know, it was all because of drugs. You know, I was, I was all messed up. <laughs> how, how long you been sober? How, how long you been sober? I've been I've been sober from alcohol for four years. So that's a big thing for me because I was a bad drunk. Um, but from drugs, I have 108 days sober. 
All right. Yeah, all right. right. You're going to let me give you your, uh, your, your, uh, your, your Absolutely. 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 Out, Let's do it. I'll be here before you know it, you know? Before you know it. And uh, I look forward to uh, more shifts to come after that, you know, my year and then every year after that because I ain't going back. You know, I have a lot to lose. Yeah. And see, that's, that's what it's all about, man, is, you know, I think redemption is something that, that art can show. Like, he was talking about his moves changing and, and showing it through the art. And, and, you know, I'm looking forward to your new stuff, man. And, and hopefully you can help me. I, I got some commission stuff I need you to do for some of my show pieces. I mean, I got this jacket that has a graffiti mural on the back of it. But I want to make like, with, like, biblical themes on it, like Moses holding the Ten Commandments and, and you know, Jesus on the cross and, and have these happy benches that I sport at my shows. You know, because I always thought, you ever watch wrestling back in the day? I hated wrestling. I still hate it. <laughs> Anyways, it was in the golden era when Hulk Hogan was on Hogan knows that. Ultimate Warrior. I remember Jimmy Hart. I remember Jimmy Hart. Jimmy's mouth of the soft heart was the manager for, for the wrestlers. And he'd wear these jackets, jackets with graffiti art on it. Um, not necessarily graffiti art, but like airbrush art. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think I kind of remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. If I ever become a rapper, man, we run around like that. I'm gonna rock those. I'm gonna rock those. I'm gonna rock those. I'm gonna see if I can try to commission you for some of that stuff, man, and see what we could do about that with some biblical themes and stuff. But anyways, we're gonna wrap it up here. You know, you're tuning in to True School Hip Hop Radio Show. It can't stop and it won't stop. I'm your host, Jonathan Constantine, Hip Hop Exorcist. Thank you very much, Chris, for being our guest tonight. Absolutely, anytime, man. Nothing but love for you, bro. Nothing but love. All right. So thanks for tuning in. I, so I thanks for tuning in. I, I want to thank the audience for tuning in and, and supporting. Uh, thank you for supporting this labor of love, and uh, we're going to say good night and peace straight out of San Diego, California. Peace.